what is going on you are watching tags live aka talk about gay sex the live version it's wednesday night of course and it's the first day of autumn or fall however you call it Aww. i'm your host steve v alongside cody maurice doggett hell the hell are you doing on this first day of fall hello darling i'm doing wonderful in my shorts the first day of fall that's the way you should start it off right in shorts, shorts? and a tank top yeah in a in, tank top it was humid here for the first day of fall and yeah yeah booty shorts tank top all of that all of that we cannot give up summer <laughs> just yet this is by the way episode 301 301 if you can believe it a little later in the show though i'm really excited a view of one of our favorite people that watches the show who has a brand new short film out teddy alexis rodriguez is going to be joining us we're going to be talking about that short film that you guys can watch and vote on now it's called hell no that's how i like to say it hell <laughs> no <laughs> that is the way it should be said okay hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so a little we'll get into that um just a little programming note if you want to you know we do two shows a week but we also do exclusive extra shows we do the weekly tags after show which gives you a little bit more behind the scenes and insight into the show plus a twice monthly doc and dirty after show which is a lot of fun Ooh. and on this one that i just produced last weekend is the top five moments i count down the top five amateur moments of of myself that i've filmed okay. with other people oh yeah and i descriptive i think i only had five moments so I'm. A, I need to. There was actually six moments that I filmed myself in amateur porn. One of oh. them is a whole oh. other story. You didn't say that porn before. <laughs> well, it's amateur. It's it's okay, me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Get a girl. <laughs> so you can get this extra content and support Tags Podcast by going to tagspodcast.com and look for exclusive content, and you'll get it. Love it. All right. Well, let's get into it because we've got a guest here, and we. I couldn't help but shout out to a sadness today to actor willie garson who passed yes. away today at the age of 57 and you guys will all know willie because he played stanford on sex and Maybe. the city i loved stanford uh, apparently according to tmz he had been battling cancer in recent mm -hmm. months and he but because the reboot on hbo max they're filming currently for sex in the city yep. he i think he got some of his scenes in there so oh good yeah all the cast has been shouting out to him and i mean god what a lovely man and i just love yeah, the character yes and interesting known fact on on garson um the, he you know he rose to fame for his portrayal of Carrie Bradshaw's gay best friend on Sex and the City. For and sure. for a long time, and remember, if you know something about the show, Cody, it launched in the mid-90s. So mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of gay actors out there. And certainly, if you were gay and you were an actor, you did everything to keep it under the radar. And I know this That's also true. because I moved to L.A. in 1998 to become an actor. And my management yep. was all about 
Nope. It was all about parts playing the thug, the street, you know, all those characters. And by mm -hmm. all means, do not come out as gay. That was like yeah. a big thing. But you used to be he, a career winner. Yeah. And so for a long time, he didn't correct people who assumed that like his character, Garson was gay as well so he didn't correct them garson worried that a straight man playing a gay man would be controversial and, oh. when the, and when that question came up garson would point to his other roles and he is quoted as saying when i was on white collar which as we all know matt bomber who is gay now but wasn't gay at the time he wasn't out yes willie was a, a a character on the show and they, uh -huh. they were friends when i was on white collar no one ever asked me if, if i was a con man and when i was on nypd blue nobody ever asked me if i was a murderer the actor said and i think <laughs> that, that's i mean right but i think you know what a, i think to hear that perspective because we've talked on the show i know you don't like straight actors playing gay characters now so much not in this day and age yes but it was the 90s. It was a different time. And I. it was definitely a career ender to be out and proud. But that's not the case now. So, But I see his points and I see the validity of some of the things that he has to say. But I still think that as far as we need to give our LGBTQ family more options and more opportunities as far as acting is, is concerned. We definitely do. But I, I think we were talking offline is in the 90s when he was Stanford. Yes. A lot of gay actors, there weren't a lot of out gay actors to even play the role of Stanford. And a lot of actors wouldn't have gay actors wouldn't have wanted to play that. And I can attest to that being a former actor. So I think it says a lot coming from when he played the role to he didn't go on to play gay characters later on and mm -hmm. in the you know 2000s and so i think it's a testament and if mario cantone who is out and proud now can yes. endorse him and matt bomber who is out and proud who was his co-star in white collar can endorse him and they are yep. living gay actors it, he yep. gets my vote as yeah rest in power amen uh, Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, we've got to move on to uh, this story that has been making the rounds. And apparently, Cody, Buckingham Palace was built on a gay brothel. Say what? The yep. queen's got a dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> so there's this new historical... Wait, chains? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this new historical essay that revealed that Buckingham Palace actually sits on a site once famous for hosting a gay brothel and cruising ground. So there's this writer, Richter Norton, and he compiled some research in a new essay titled The Gay Subculture in Early 18th Century London. And in it, he quotes English politician Clement Walker as chronicling gay sex in Mulberry Garden, now okay. the side of Buckingham Palace. And in oh. six, yeah, so in 1649, Walker wrote of his new erected Sodoms and Spintries. Keep those words in mind. Sodoms okay. and Spintries as the Mulberry Garden at, uh, at St. James. So for people that don't know, which I didn't know this, Sodoms and Spintries refer to brothels and sex workers. And oh. there's another writer of 
from the 1600s who kind of confirms John Wilmot, Earl of Rochester, who penned a poem about his love of link boys, young men tasked with carrying a torch alongside noble men at night in the city. And I won't read you my <laughs> the, the poem part of it, but it got me thinking that uh-huh. I'm, I, I believe this, Cody. That I believe because, it, too. The queen yeah, has be- her queens. She needs her queens. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. And if and if you think of it, it makes sense because we we didn't just become gay in the fifties and beyond. Exactly. Post, you know, there was people. It's been around forever, but the, it's always been secretive, secret sex. And I got looking around a little bit deeper into what other establishments have. You in these Covered words, I'm loving up. it today. <laughs> Deeper. One of my favorite Deeper words. erected. <laughs> I love no, it. I, I am know. in love with it. <laughs> well, it got me thinking that us gays have really christened a lot of establishments that are out around now. And we've really, oh, really? christened it. Yeah. Sexually christened it. I can think of in San Francisco, my favorite place, my friend owns Asia SF. It features transgender performers and a staff, and it's amazing. It used to be The Pit, which underground sex dungeon really. But I think this isn't that's a nice example of transitioning literally (laughs) into Asia (laughs) SF, which I think is a good one. Um, We all know the West Side Highway here in New York City uh, was known to have hookups all the time. Dos Caminos is a restaurant that there's several of them here in New York City, but the one in the meatpacking district used to be The Vault. And I can remember my ex-boyfriend telling me about it, that he would never go have guacamole and a margarita at Dos Caminos because all he remembers is going there in the 90s and having it be a sea of fog and losing his friend in there. And his friend was like, sucking off somebody and there was oh my god you know shoots of cum going on the wall and i don't know would you want to find that's that's enticing to me i want the guacamole guacamole and semen yes in one all in one thank you you know what it just came back to me that I had, I've actually been to a sex party. It wasn't in Dos Caminos, but it was on like the top floor of that same building. There you go. See, yeah. I mean, we forget that there was all these amazing establishments. There's a place uh, in the village called Sugar Factory that was uh-huh. known as what was this place? Uh, no, the Mine Shaft, notoriously for raunchy gay sex. I want to go there for sure. Yeah, Left Bank currently here in New York City was also uh, known to be uh, the, the Studs, legendary side room. Uh, what else do we have? Shake Shack was known what? to be, yep, Shake Shack. Uh, in Times Square was the Adonis male porn adult theater. Ooh, I, I, I've been to plenty of those, I feel like. <laughs> me, don't you miss those? I do miss those. <laughs> I think they I, still exist in like more rural areas of the country, but here they now. Do. 
Yeah. There was one. I'm so happy I came to New York in 1994, and there was a okay. place called The Gaiety, and it was in Times Square, and it was a theater that obviously Square? showed gay porn, but uh-huh. literally had a roster of talent that would perform, and they would perform right Ooh. in your face. You got come shots in your literally 3d in your face and it was like legendary and it was i feel like i got a piece of that last bit of some of these old new york old new york that was just awesome i miss that and so i want that experience if you dig a little deeper you can find (laughs) we have christened some really amazing establishments and yeah it's sad though because it feels like we've been pushed out a lot of those places. So there's that also. There's that aspect of it also. Absolutely. Gentrification and development has, I mean, I feel in a lot of ways we're safer in many ways. Although I don't yeah. know so much these days. I with, was say. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back my sex dungeons. <laughs> and my cocktail. All right. Well, we have one more topic we have got to get to, and it. Let's go. So, I, I was laughing because you know, I to do the show, I watch a lot of stuff, I listen to a lot of entertainment shows, and sometimes there's something that piques my interest. And recently, there's been a slew of celebrities deciding that they know about dating, and these come from some straight celebrities. And the first one comes from, and I want to get your feedback on, Alicia Silverstone, Cher and Clueless, Mm -hmm. uh, who recently is on the market, single and dating. And she said, on the first date, absolutely sober, no alcohol, rule number one. Okay, there's that. Then Cameron Diaz, out of the woodwork, goes on the Drew Barrymore, Drew fucking Barrymore show. Don't like it. (laughs) And uses the term hardballing, which I didn't even know what that was. Have you ever heard of this? Hardballing? No, I have not. Okay. So (laughs) she uses this word. Diaz explains that hardballing is when one treats their dating life like they're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and they make hard decisions fast. So, quote, so anybody that doesn't meet your criteria has got to go, she notes. So she says things, and interestingly enough, on the show, they have Ross Matthews, who we all know. And love. And love from uh, Drag Race. Drag was very Race. gay, and he didn't really agree with her. He says, isn't first dates to be about what's your favorite color and what kind of pizza do you like? And I think there's something in between, but I have to ask you, Cody, you, when you met your boy, your boyfriend of now six months. uh, No, no, no. We've been going about nine months now. Okay. Did you hardball him on and hardballing just to give a little bit more, like, what are your beliefs? Are you spiritual? Do you want kids? Those kinds of things. Do you want an open? I guess our hardballing would be: Do you believe in open relationships? Okay. And did you drink? Okay, so I hardballed him, but not in the way Cameron Diaz hardballed him. That was such an easy joke. Okay. So I had to put that one out there. And isn't that the truth about us gays? Is hello goodbye. We, we definitely we do all hardball. the opposite. We drink too much, and then we hardball it all the way, and then that's probably the problem. Exactly, so do you think, honey. okay, but what so about the- I did? 
ask him, we got to know each other on, I wouldn't say a service level, but we on an intimate level and, but it wasn't about expectations. I feel like it should be partial getting to know that person and, and planning for the future, but not really ruling a whole bunch out. I feel like Cameron Diaz wants to rule out some people. It's important to know what you want, but when you have that hard line there, it doesn't leave any room for the relationship to grow. And there's so much growth that happens in relationships, no matter what kind of relationships they are. So I think she's missing out. Is she married by the, oh, she is. She's married to Benji Madden. And I would not employ him in my Fortune 500 love life, just so anybody knows. Well, Silas also says, who's watching the show live right now on Get Vocal yes. with us, says she's also of a certain age. But maybe she shouldn't be commenting because she found her man and she's good to go. It's true. I know that I. the one thing about gay dating is I think it should just be lighter and you should have fun. But to me, like one time I met this guy, a friend of a friend, and he he made this whole thing about he was like on this quest to date, 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 date. And he had like okay. a, dinner, a dinner with one guy. And then it was like, it was all these dinners. And I thought, yeah, see, to me, that's wasting time. If you really want to date and find somebody, I go on a drink, meet up for somebody for a drink or like during the pandemic, meet somebody for a walk in the park, because yes. to me, you don't want to waste all your time. And I don't want to waste a drink. And I don't want to waste a meal on somebody that that's how I don't that's how I operate. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that to me, but I don't know about hardballing is really cute. I feel like you're just going to scare too many people away if you start it's getting true. all into that. Us gays are when you a have little... a checklist, when you have a checklist, that's kind of that's too much. That's excessive. I well, I like. guess we all should probably have some sort of checklist internally about, you know, do you want kids if that's a big thing or do yeah. you believe in open marriage? But does it really have to come out in the first date? I mean, I don't think that's necessary. You have to leave room for growth. That's And that's my final answer on that. You leave room for growth. I like that. Yeah. Yes. And this business about not drinking, I mean... Um, I can't make it through a day without drinking. No, because I think maybe she's coming from a place for that she knows herself. And, and I think that was part of the thing is she knows yeah. herself. And beyond two, it's too easy to slip into three. And then she she knows herself. And at three, she's not in control of what's the next okay. step. Well, and I can so, see that. If that's the case, then I could, yeah, I would, I think that could be, but to me, I can control it. And alcohol to Especially me, just after one, I'm okay after one. Yeah. I mean, maybe coffee, but I don't know. I'm coffee to me is before, you know, before 5 PM and I'm never available or free before five, nor do I want to be ready. So to me, I'm at post five, and that means a cocktail or a glass of wine, and I yes. can control myself. And believe me, if I'm not feeling it with you, I'm out. Exactly. Short dates it for the first date, and that way you can kind of gauge whether or not you want to ever again. 
Um, did I ever tell you about the first date where we had coffee and I almost fell asleep? How do you fall asleep? Make it <laughs> quick because we got to bring on our special guest. Well, that was, that's the whole that's the whole story, basically. Oh, I, how do you fall asleep? Somebody is that boring that you can fall asleep during over a coffee, coffee over date, caffeine over a coffee date. Yes, exactly. I love it. Bum bum bum. I love it. Well, on that <laughs> note, we've got to bring in our very special guest, Teddy Alexis. Rodriguez, grab a spot yeah, applause, and join applause. the show. Applause, applause. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, darling. Hello. Hello, well, darling. How are you? Really good. Teddy, you know you watch the show, our show. Thanks for being a listener and, and a viewer. And you have this brand new short film that's currently playing that people can vote on called Hell No. How do you say it? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the Hell No, it's um, basically the expression that the brothers say whenever there's a blackout. Because I'm Puerto Rican mm -hmm. and the, sh the, the Puerto Rican-ness is seeping through the short film, even though it's not technically in Puerto Rico, that there is a blackout because there's so many blackouts in Puerto Rico. So basically, that's the, the title. Well, we love the film. Cody and I both got, got to see it, and everybody else oh, can wonderful. watch it, too, on Reverie. We're going to tell you how in just a minute. But you wrote, directed, produced, probably did craft service and everything in between. I know how hard it is. <laughs> I hire someone for craft. <laughs> I know how all that is. Just saying. In, you know, in general, can you just tell us uh, the storyline? Because... From what I get, from what we saw, it's about two bro estranged brothers, if you will. One brother, your character, because you star in it, is mm -hmm. in America doing well, successfully, and your brother is visiting you. And we start the the whole film with him in the mirror, wanting to go out, and it's about connecting these two brothers who have been sort of estranged. And your brother, who's great in the film is recently divorced and what else can you tell us about the film to kind of set the stage well first of all i need to take you on the road to explain the, the film to, for me because that was like, excellent um yes. so the brother is played by Moisés chavez by the way who is part of the cast of 13 reasons why on netflix and is oh. somebody that i adore he's a indigenous latinx actor here in, in los angeles um, and yeah, that's, it's a story of about two brothers that are trying to reconnect and keeping that connection alive because, you know, once you move out of the house, um, you don't really have to have a relationship. You have to work on it, um, especially mm -hmm. if the geography is completely different. Um, he's in Puerto Rico and, uh, and I am in the, in the United States. So that's why I, I wanted to, to show that. Well, I know Cody has some questions, and I but just I had to get this quote in that when I was watching it, it reminded mm -hmm. me so much of my. I'm so close to my sister; she's my business partner, and there's a line where your brother says, "Stop talking about me in my absence," and <laughs> and you say, like referencing your mother, like you, and he says, "That's our favorite." topic is to talk Isn't about it, huh? and i've often told my sister <laughs> that it too it's like when mom and i are talking about it, we are like we always say this event and she's like well when i'm with mom we all we talk about you <laughs> of course. and so i was love that that was such and i think my favorite thing about the film was 
as a short film is you have to make the stakes really high. You have to keep it simple and get us in the moment. And and what you did, you surrounded it all with sort of a horror theme coming up on on Halloween right now. I think it's like yep. a perfect time thing. Um, kudos to you. And I loved those themes that you just tackled. Major themes, divorce, HIV, and, and family. Yeah, because one of the things that um, when you're pursuing directing, it's a little harder now because back in the day, um, I don't know if you remember, because this is like 30s and 40s, feature films used to be attached to a short film. So that was a path for directors to kind of showcase what they could do and then maybe get work as directors of a feature film. Right now, we have to kind of self-create our short films, kind of move it around on the festivals and um, kind of build a path that way, get footage that we can show showcase. So it, I try to put a lot of themes into it. It's very purposeful. So then I can uh, showcase in different like sizzle reels and different things that um, that I can pitch myself. So it's very purposeful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, one of my favorite things about the movie was that it's a horror film. And I love that. So I love horror. Scary movies are my all-time favorite. And with it being a horror film, what were some of the underlying horror aspects that were woven into the main themes? So, um, you know, honestly, I wouldn't call it a horror film. I would call okay. it a film that has horror sprinkled around. Okay. Um, because um, sometimes when we get to the horror films, there has to be kind of like a supernatural thing going on. Okay. And I don't think that was my purpose. But if you saw that, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> and um, so the, some, of, some of the themes that I really wanted to hit on was definitely family, um, definitely HIV. And if you notice, my whole cast is LGBT, um, except for one. Um, but the characters none, don't necessarily are LGBT. Some of them are, some of them maybe are, are not. So um, it's a queer film in essence mm -hmm. because all of the creators are queer. And that's one of the things that is very important to me because like, like we were talking about, you know, the 90s were a very different era for queer creators, which the only path to create was not to be queer. Um, so that's one of the, the most important themes in my in my film as well. Fabulous. Love that. I, I love it. Did you have another question, Cody? I do. And it has to do with representation. You just brought up representation. And I noticed that there are only about years in that are on screen. Can you tell us a little about your decisions for so much representation that are in your film? So I always um, try to hit multiculturalism as much as I can. Um, mm -hmm. The whole cast is Latinx, but we do have a mix of um, different races within the Latinx community. So um, the girls, one of them is Salvadorian and one of them is Brazilian. Um, okay. The main guys, I'm Afro-Latinx and uh, Moises is indigenous Latinx. So we kind of hit the whole spectrum in terms of Latinx representation. In terms of the crew, which is way more people than the people that you see, um, yes. we have pretty much all across uh, racially, and we have a really good divide in terms of gender, race, and ethnicity as well. So that's really important to me because that's part of the work that I do is advocate for inclusion. Love that. And what a, that an so amazing much. film to watch, support, vote for during Hispanic Heritage Month, which you cover all the gambit. 
Um, I also, I just love the themes that you really cover in this. And one of them that's subtle is your brother that is not living in the U.S. And then you who has essentially kind of made it. And that bond that is really, uh, there's a book that I read back in college called Borderlands about the whole borderlands of Chicano and uh, being of Mexican descent and then being of an American Mexican descent, which is like myself. And mm -hmm. that bridge that you captured and wanting to show that families are like that often. I think my sister and I were the first two, not just in my immediate family, but in all of our relatives, the only two to have gone to college. And I know that was such an important thing for my parents. And you covered that subtly impactfully in this short film along with yep. so many themes and so i have to like give so many props to that because that's a reality of so many of our people thank you thank you for saying that and yes it's very subtle but um i have to honor my ancestry my grandparents were sharecroppers um, my parents were the first generation both of them are first generation college students and for me, two generations later, to be able to have a privilege, because it is a privilege to create film, um, is something that it wasn't even accessible two generations ago for me. So that is something that we really need to honor because that's part of my identity. So thank you. You know, there's a, an, a point, poignant line at the end, towards the end of it, where your character, who's gay, HIV, who's trying to connect with his brother, says, I'll protect you. And I couldn't help but think that I love that line, I'll protect you. We all want to be protected. And, and was there anything about your, that you wanted your character to say that, your gay character to say that to your straight character that changes perceptions about our LGBTQ per, you know, perceptions out there? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's very intentional because if you see the characters that we've seen, especially characters that are pos, uh, positive, um, they're always, um, at the end of their lives, helpless. Um, and it's a different era, right? We have prep. We have so many things that give people that are HIV positive a complete life. And yeah, yeah I wanted that character specifically to be financially stable, to be center mentally, and to be able to take care of his brother, who is the one who I is hear a dog. That, uh, <laughs> this is what I happens. Love dogs. I love dogs. <laughs> um, Munch is going to be on my next film, by the way. Um, What's his name? That's um, a dog that I take care of. His name is Munchie. It's a white poodle. Munchie, I love it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so I wanted that to be very purposeful. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, without giving away too much more, unless, Cody, you had another question, we have to promote this film because you guys can all watch it. Any other questions before we promote this film? I just am so curious about how, without ruining the end, how did you come up with the end? Because it's such a twist. I did not see it coming, and it just shocked and surprised me. I just want to get into your brain and mm -hmm. kind of figure it out. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you much about the ending. But okay. something 
One of the people that I um, really like as a storyteller is M. Night Shyamalan, uh, okay. the Black Indian um, director. He did um, Sixth Sense, Lady in the Water, all those films. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm always down for a big twist. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't want you to give away too much. I was like, should I even ask this question? But, <laughs> but I'm so curious. Well, I really loved it, and we want you all to watch it, too. And correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. um, but people, it's playing, it has been playing since September 7th through September 30th, so there's still time at the Queer X Film Festival, which is live on the Reverie app, R-E-V-R-Y, Reverie app, which um, people can go on there and they can vote for your film. Tell us a little bit about how they can view it, and, and we want you to win this. So the Reverie Act is really cool because it's an app that has a bunch of channels and has um, all queer content. And uh, one of the channels is playing the festival. So, and you don't need, even need to uh, sign up. It's just like literally you download the app and you can start watching. Um, we're nominated for Burst Comedy Short. Um, and I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you the link so we can um, get some votes because it will be yes. great to... Um, win that award um and the festival is kind of like outfest but a little more quirky and a little more campy um so the content is really fun there's a bunch of great filmmakers um there's brandon manglish that is one of my my good friends sebastian lacoste actually friend of the pod he has one of his films there yes. too um He's in the drama category, so you can vote for both of us. I'm voting for both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disciple, and I just saw it here in New York at the Dumbo Film Festival a couple weeks ago for the second time, and it's so good. He won that award there. So more reason, Sebastian's been a guest on this show, a co-host on our show, so you can watch Disciple, vote on it in the drama category. You can watch Hell No on it for, for, and vote for that. And mm -hmm. absolutely... We'll, and you can um, get this on tagspodcast.com. We'll put the link on there. But, Teddy, do you mind sticking around for some hot topics? Please. And please. Okay. <laughs> I am so for this. All right. Well, I had to get to this first topic because apparently there's a, there's a doctor. There's seven ways you can intensify your solo orgasms. And... I don't, Teddy, are you single, hooked <laughs> up? What's your deal? Um, I am very single. Ow. I love it. Purposeful, very purposeful. Like, like I said, I do everything very purposeful. So I'm open to invitations, hookups, dates, all of that. Okay, I love that. Thanks for putting that out there. Absolutely. <laughs> she, <laughs> she put the invitation out there. I love it. Okay, Cody Langdow is clutching his pearls. Okay. <laughs> right. And so there's this new article out. I will post this on tagspodcast.com. And there's some tricks of the trade that will give you the best orgasms possible without a man. Cody, I know you're a big masturbation person. <laughs> so I am. Whether you're tired of a grinder or, or you just want to feel a little special, you here's some of the tips. And Julia Margo, she's the COO of this innovative sex toy brand, Hot Octopus. 
tells us research um, even indicates that regularly ejaculating can decrease chances of prostate cancer. Oh, we definitely want to yes. avoid that. So this is this first one. I'll just read you a few of them, but raise tension and your legs. So it's a super simple tip that you can do by elevating your solo orgasm. So when you're masturbating on your back, lying on your bed as you are about to come, lift your legs up and hold them there because our stomachs tend to tighten during moments of pleasure and it can help lean into this further and you you should feel a little bit more um i'm all for this one because my legs are usually in the air during <laughs> sex and but i do have one thing to say about this during sex is when I, if you are fucking me and do not, and I'm getting close and I'm jacking off, do not lean into me so much that I can't I jerk myself that. off. <laughs> How do you know? You're usually on top. No, I'm talking I am to on you. Top. I'm, <laughs> I'm on top, but I hate when they get really close and I can't like feel everything down there. Right. And so my whole thing is oftentimes they get so close that the legs are like by my ears and I can't get to my and they're they're like, yeah, baby, come. I want to see you come. It's like I can't because you're fucking ruining my jack off arm here. Move away. And But I don't want to ruin the moment. But I'm doing this PSA right now to all you all out there to mm -hmm. lighten up. Let if you are if you really want us to. Yeah, baby, I want to see you come then let us have that full reign to jack off and we will. Well, also like one-on-one topping, uh -huh. if the bottom is about to come, is that because what you're doing is oh. helping. So why are you changing the position? That's a bad idea. Right. Stop okay. leaning in so much. There uh, it I is. Love, I love Tips from other... a versatile. I know from the both sides. <laughs> okay. Okay. We got that. We're single and you're versatile and you have a new movie out. I guess I'm just not sharing this in my social media. <laughs> and I also noticed something. I don't know that I ever noticed this, but whenever you sign into our Get Vocal Live show, it says PhD. <laughs> Speaking of our earlier story about hardballing, are you a PhD, Teddy? Yeah, I do have a doctorate. It's not, it's not a, an induendo. <laughs> I love that. And so with hardballing, according to Cameron Diaz, he checks off that box of, um, uh-huh. <laughs> Look, can I give an opinion on that topic or we're too yes. late? No, go ahead. When you're trying too hard at the beginning, it's, it's a problem because sometimes somebody, somebody will bring something that you don't like, but they complement literally 98% of the things that you want. So. It's true. Right. And you know what? It, if you're so hardballing it and not the way you were, Cody, like, <laughs> you also, you're, it's too structured. And to me, I like to think, everything's always an acting thing for me. I like to think mm -hmm. of it as Second City or the Groundlings. I want inspiration. Yeah. I want you to say something that's going to spark, oh, and that's going to spark something really about me that I really like that you're going to learn about. And if we're I'm so into like, do you have a PhD? Do you want kids? Mm. Do you, uh, are you, are you Latino? <laughs> I am so in my head and I'm not. And lastly, I'll say about that is I love laughter and humor and you don't right. get all that if you're so like, eh, 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 eh. yeah. So it's now like jazz. 
You got to leave the yeah. room for the interpretation. What you know about jazz? Oh, I, I know plenty that. about ja oh, jazz. Okay. We, we need to go to the jazz, jazz club. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't forget about the balls, she says. The balls tug them, pull at them, Samantha, the doctor says. Before you ejaculate, your balls move up. As we all know, they kind of shrivel up there to give mm -hmm. power to your squirt. So push them up as a little higher up there, and it should increase the intensity of your ejaculation. This is according to Arlene Goldman, who is also a PhD and the co-author oh. of Secrets of <laughs> Sexual Ecstasy. Talk about hardballing. We are right. just a fancy, a fancy podcast right now. We got two PhDs <laughs> on deck right now. There we go. Okay. You the other PhD one? means that you have debt. It doesn't really mean what you <laughs> <laughs> pay for so many well, degrees. Okay. Then that, my other hardball question is, do you own your own home and do you have debt? So we already got that. Wow. <laughs> um, I like that one about the balls because... I didn't know that trick. I'm, I'm going to try that well, you know, grabbing the balls when someone's getting close can be so fun, I think. And we yeah. forget But she said to push them up. I know, right? That is the, well, the that part that painful. I'm stressed Lightly. about. <laughs> I think you're just pushing them up. It should increase the, you know, the squirt. And especially one of the other things she puts in here is Kegel exercises, which we've talked a lot about that. that. I'm definitely doing and Have you know, YouTube been keeping right up now. with your Kegels? So right now, I'm, I'm doing we're, them. We're doing them right now because that's we. <laughs> okay. they wrote that in our contract for the show. <laughs> Beyond that, I've noticed when I practice it, it actually, I squirt more and it works. And it's so easy to really? do when, when I'm watching The View or something like that to just do my <laughs> Kegel exercises. I mean, if I squirt easy. more, I'll put a hole in the wall. So I don't oh, know about okay. that. <laughs> okay. Wait, so you're telling me you're watching Whoopi Goldberg while doing Kegels? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so as Kegel exercises don't aren't a sexual thing. They're just an exercise. And so I do squat. I did squats earlier today, and I wasn't thinking about sex. But that's going to get me laid when I go to jockstrap night, maybe later on tonight. And hey. so sometimes Ooh. we just do things to, you know increase <laughs> lastly you can double hand yourself so while coming hands free is definitely something we all want to try doubling down on the task also works so if you if you don't if, essentially two hands place one hand around the base of the penis and the other above and stroke the idea is that you're stimulating the entire penis and i do like that one there's yes, another one in too. there that says uh don't be afraid to take time because we always masturbate a lot of us do in two minutes five minutes increments fast forward to that moment and really allow time hours a date night with yourself and figure out other parts of your body that are stimulating do you like that teddy uh, i like to take my time yes and I masturbate every day. And it's like at least 20, 30 minutes. I got to do that. Oh. Oh, wow. You you schedule well, in 20, 30 minutes in the it's, day? It's my pre-sleeping thing. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm single. The, I, I got to do something. The, one of the things that's also in the article is if you masturbate every, daily or multiple times a day, don't masturbate for a week or two weeks. And it'll intensify your... your so that might apply and that's to you. That's true, too. Cody. Yes. I, 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 I do that one a lot. 
Yeah. Okay. I do not believe in fasting when it comes to masturbating. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> That's why I remember it, because I was like, I never do that. <laughs> Wait, she said there was like some toys and they never mentioned the toys. She said and generally in toys, using toys, all kinds of toys. And... But what was that about the octopus? So octopus... Uh, is yeah i don't know what that one is we're gonna have to find it's out the world's but... first guy braider why do we have to have a guy braider that is so <laughs> i have this really cool it sounds weird because it's it's this glove it's satin glove that is electro you turn it on with the switch and it vibrates so literally Ooh. it's like my hand it would be good for halloween to touch people like if i created a whole look and when you touch people, it vibrates. So when I put it on my dick, it vibrates my dick mm -hmm. or anywhere else. It's very sensual and would help elongate the process and can be really cool. So, well, the flashlight that you sent me, remember? Yes, yes. That one has. Oh, that's right. You won one. That's right. I, I was won. like, he sent a Teddy a flashlight. Good I, didn't get one. I was so jealous. <laughs> I wanted through the podcast through a he promotion, did. please. <laughs> no, but it has um, an attachment that you can buy that is like a uh, vibrating thing too, to put it on the tip oh. of the of the penis. I love it. All right. Mm -hmm. And Silas says, two, two a days keeps the stress away. Two times a day. Twice a day. Stress oh, away. Is that West Coast? We need, we need more yeah. than. All right. Well, we've got to get to our last topic, and it's our favorite one. It's called Thirst Trap Thursday when this comes out. And I'm so glad that you're going to weigh in with us, Teddy. It's our favorite thing that we've started it's about mm -hmm. descriptively describing in straightupgayporn.coms they do this every week sometimes it's 25 sometimes it's 22 this week it's only 12 but they really curated the shit out of this week it was and pretty hot. pretty hot uh we'll start with you cody who is your favorite oh, okay. and you got to descriptively describe you guys can do it at home too because this will be on tagspodcast.com tomorrow and we want to hear who is your favorite and why. Yes. So my vote goes to Colton Reese. He's the very first one. So, and he's in, he's facing front. It's a facing front shot. So that's already a new thing for me. And he's not, cause he's mm -hmm. not showing any ass and he's in the bathroom. And I don't usually like those, but I feel like I had to give a little bit of love to them because I don't usually like those kinds because like they have, gel in there and all kinds of their products on there. <laughs> I need for people to put a little bit more into their thirst traps. But anyway, he's so adorable that none of that matters. He's so cute. His body is looking right. He's got a beautiful penis and I just think he's adorable. So Colton Reese, you get my vote for this week. I love it. Did you have a chance to look at it, Teddy? And yes. on this? Okay. Who is your so, favorite? Well, two things. It's Hispanic Heritage Month, and a couple oh, weeks ago was by by awareness. Do you know that? No, Close. I didn't. But okay, good. So the guy is Remy Duran. We love to just pick mine. It's the have... same. We always pick the same. I know, right? <laughs> um, he is Mexican and bisexual. He's a top, and he's light skin. He has curly hair like all over his chest, and a very bushy penis. Very. He is very well endowed, and he has a full beard and a full hair. Is he is gorgeous? 
Wow, I love that. And I was going back and forth between who I wanted to go for. I see Remy now, and yes, he's very yes. sexy. He's I was so going to go with this guy, Johnson, who has a beautiful dick that's out uh. there. But I think the one that I'm going to have to go for, because it's a video, is a guy, Owen Hawk. And <gasps> you can, I almost like, picked him. Gla the caption, because it's a video, is Glaze My Donut. And he's shirtless, and he's looking come hither over his shoulder. And he literally, with the black jeans that he has on, it's like a donut ass. And then he, he takes it down because he's not wearing any underwear. And I'm watching it right now. It is the most, it's almost like one of those toys that they created. The thing that you wanted, <laughs> Cody, that uh -huh. those fuckable ass toys. I do want one of those, yes. He looks like he modeled for one of those ass rubber toys. I would like his. Fuck. Yes. And he's shaking it <laughs> and he's really getting that donut all ready so that he can be glazed. Which we all know what that means, and so who doesn't love a glazed donut? Can we just I say that? I might want to glaze his donut. Yeah, <laughs> look at like you. Donuts. You're exploring your top oh. side. I love it. I am. Well, oh, the pandemic changed your Steve. I know. It's, <laughs> it's really, Silas, really. Yeah. Silas says that he likes Sean Raymond, who's the very last one, and it's a video that you said that you liked him too, Steve. Yes, a lot. The, Yes, and he's gorgeous, so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we have got to wrap this show. It's been so much fun having you on the show, Teddy. Thanks for, for playing along for the rest of the show. Thank you so much for having me. It how was a treat. How can people follow you? So my website is teddyrodriguez.com, and you can find all of my social media there, whatever you use. I'm on it. And then they should go to Reverie, the app, and just and watch the film Hell No. Hell No. Mm -hmm. Hell and, No. And you were saying that um, it's not on demand, but you can just look at, they'll post a schedule on there, and you'll see when it's playing and just watch it and, and vote for, for you. Exactly. Correct? So there's a, like a little TV guy that the app has. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the film. I really, really enjoyed it. I know Cody did too. And Likewise, he, I did. And I saw you have a bunch of stuff coming up, so please come back anytime to talk about the new projects. We love it. And weigh in on some of the hot topics. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You can always Thank follow you, Cody Teddy. at Mr. Maurice. Follow him. There's trap coming. <laughs> okay now <laughs> and follow us on tags podcast thanks so much and keep having hot gay yeah. sex, sex. Thanks, yes. guys.